Hi, this is Alicia from Bachelor in Paradise, and you're listening to Bachelor of Hearts. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Hi, I'm Georgia Love, and you're listening to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch your full shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge It's my only talent, honey That and losing money Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start On our bachelor Bachelor Hello and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast The show that asks the question Is there anything in life that cannot be improved with the addition of Magnum Tubs? Magnum TM. Magnum TM. Sorry, so sorry. I am a Max Magnum TM's Quinn. I thought it was weird that they had like uh, uh, truffle flavor Magnum. I don't know where they got that from. (laughs) It was like a very fancy touch. I heard that it tasted like spiders. Yeah. Like decompressed spiders. Joining me uh, on this journey in life and podcasts, my friend Xavier Rebetsky, Magnum TM Noonan. Hello, TM. For the very first time on the podcast, please say hello to a very special guest. You might know her from her television appearances on shows such as The Bachelor Season 4 and also The Bachelor in Paradise Season 2. Alicia, Magnum, TM, Aiken, Radburb. <laughs> oh, I Hi. love it. What an intro. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Welcome You're to welcome. our very good podcast. How the hell are you? I'm fantastic. I'm better for being here. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. <laughs> what a treat. Like uh, a Magnum. Is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a bunch of months since we've had you on our TV screens and I was wondering can we just do a little like life update up the top for you how are you what's going on how's your life post batchy Oh gosh um I suppose like life is great obviously mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> um I'm I'm back in my day job I pretty much came off paradise and I went back into my day job which is politics um we had a federal election we had a state election they were both very sad outcomes yeah. for uh, where i work <laughs> new south wales labor sad uh, outcomes all around <laughs> totally, yeah. 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 um but you know still slogging away 2023 is far off but <laughs> I, I suppose we're aiming towards that and uh that's work Love life is still uh, very single, mm-hmm. not so damaged these days. That's good. That's <laughs> positive. Yeah. How did you find uh, coming out of the show and readapting to life in that way? Uh, it was a lot harder than I expected. Mm. Uh, I think the biggest difference for me between The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, uh, which is sort of a blessing and a curse, is the fact that... I wasn't fucking into Honey Badger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, anybody we, who was yeah. under the impression. Yeah. We had um, a similar thing with our podcast. So weird, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then obviously I, I did connect with Jules in Paradise and I think I probably, I underestimated how difficult that would be. Uh, probably because I didn't really expect much from the show and then mm. to have it sort of like fall into your lap, I was really taken mm. aback by and it I, I wouldn't... 
I wouldn't be being honest if I didn't say that it like the beginning of this year was really difficult. Not so much like once the show aired, that was a whole journey in and of itself. Uh, over like the Christmas period when we just come out of filming, that was a dark time for me. <laughs> but we're all well and good now and we're... Uh, we're single and we're ready to mingle, I guess. Fuck yeah. Very glad to hear. It. I mean, not the single part. That's <laughs> what I'm focusing on. But. That things are better. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we're here to recap the Bachelor Australia season seven. Seven. Episode seven. Seven. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Uh-huh. We were um, all there. We all watched it. Yeah. Everyone saw it. Um, I think that we should definitely go through that. And um, what I want to do is sort of like get running commentary from you as like our... Um, person on the inside of an this show. An expert witness. An expert sorts. witness. Yes. Truly. As mm. much as you can uh, say or that you feel uh, compelled to, we are gracious and, and happy to have you um, on board with us as we dip into M- Matt. Max and Zave, like I will say, I'm out of contract now. <laughs> so <laughs> technically, technically I can go for gold. So this could be like, we could be experiencing some exclusive moments here. Oh, that's that's very exciting. That everyone. is incredible. <laughs> yeah. um, can we talk first about Matt? Because he is, he's the bachelor this season and you're someone who had a bachelor that you really weren't into and probably got uh, a bit of an experience that I don't know if you signed up for. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh, okay. So, like, I know where you're going with this. Uh, a lot of people, I suppose, imagined, and there was there were news articles at the time saying like all these women are disappointing, disappointed with the honey badger. Mm. From my personal experience, I remember this moment when I was in Canberra Woolies. I was still living in Canberra. Mm. Um, don't hold that against me. The one Woolies in Canberra, <laughs> Dixon, <laughs> the best Woolies in Canberra. Yeah. Wow. Um, They've got Magnum. <laughs> Magnum TM. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're blessed. Uh, so I was in Canberra. I was actually, it was my flight to Sydney to go into the mansion, I guess. Mm. And my flight, like, I had to leave for the airport at one. And I needed to pick up some, like, you know, your supplies. I needed a razor. I needed some DO, you know, mm-hmm. standard stuff. Uh, so I went to Dixon Woolies and there'd been all these rumours previously that it was going to be Cam Cranley. Everyone oh, yeah. knew, like... Yeah, I remember hot that. Hot Fireman Cam. Hot Fireman Cam. And everyone's like, there's a f- the few, like, people, not that I would ever break a confidentiality agreement, but mm-hmm. the few people in my life that <laughs> were aware that I was probably going to be sneaking off for six weeks mm. uh, were, like, sending me articles of Pedestrian TV saying, like, Cam Cranley's The Bachelor, like, mm. being like, babe, your husband's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember I was in Dixon Woolies day of going into the mansion and there was like a, it was a daily telegraph and there was a proper PR photo shoot of the Honey Badger Mm. as like an exclusive. And just the way that it was sort of presented and framed in the telly, who would I also like, because I'm a media nerd, Mm. I'd found out that they were like the partner of The Bachelor, the media partner. Um, And so it all looked very like legit to me. So Mm. I sort of went into it thinking, 
oh gosh, I think that that's the way it's going. I looked at a few like YouTube videos of him. I didn't really know him very much. We did the same thing. (laughs) And he's like, first YouTube video is like the honey badger's best moment. Classic clips. Yes. Like, oh, fuck me with a esky and call me a galah. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, (laughs) And I was like, fuck me with an esky. I I was like, I'm pretty open minded to be honest Mm. and uh i like a funny guy Mm. so i was actually like oh who knows like this could be my man Mm. this could be you know this (laughs) finally i've been fucked with a bunch of eskies but this finally (laughs) narrator yes he wasn't (laughs) uh so uh, i suppose moving from honey badger to matt i'd say that Another feeling in our bachelor mansion was like we would always speculate later, putting our producer hats on, Mm. that, oh, how, like, how, we were like, how much more heightened would this drama be if this was a bachelor that we actually were invested in? Mm. And it was so funny because, and it's funny that these stories have come out. I don't know if you guys read the Daily Mail. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a couple articles on it. I've I've got a few push notifications (laughs) coming in. (laughs) Um, There's like this stuff coming out about Rachel and producers and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe a little bit of flirty flirt. Mm -hmm. And we had uh, like, again, we were an array of crushes on production staff like when you you because you don't see the batch that much Mm. so you're like oh maybe i'll just make this camera assistant my boy this is the one for me yeah exactly and we and they're all telling you like you need to find (laughs) romance on the show you're like great uh, let me uh, (laughs) take the lead give me this soundy right (laughs) so we would essentially and we we did like there were there were points in the show where we were literally like fighting over like one of uh, at the cocktail parties there's like these sort of contractors that bring you drinks mm. <laughs> waiters <laughs> but like you know they're a bit they're a bit removed from production because they're just like ring-ins that they get to like pass around drinks mm. and we'd be like we weren't allowed to know their names so we would just give them random names like <laughs> ridiculous ones as well like graham and just be like graham. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in love with graham <laughs> and so i think that was a running theme that we were all like well if we were really more invested the drama just comes because you're like fuck like actually i'm really interested in this guy Mm -hmm. and i think that that is the magic of matt i will say though sorry not to interrupt if they had have taken the focus away from badge and maybe put a few of these other people from production into the show like brought in the focus a little bit uh funny um do you buy the characterization of Matt as a nerd? Like, do you think that he is uh, he is what the show is making him out to be? Uh, I think that, like, yes, I do think he's a nerd. I genuinely think he's a purebred nerd, which <laughs> I think is fucking awesome. Totally. We're allowed yeah. to swear here, right? Yeah, oh, I love it. L- last week's episode. Dog can't yes. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this. Like, there are podcasts that are covering The Bachelor at the moment where people are not allowed to swear. Or, like, people going on, like, morning radio or whatever. Oh, how do you do it? And the audio producer's just like, Come fuck on. me with an esky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do buy, like, I think Matt is highly intelligent. Like, he's just gotten his PhD. Um, what I think I'm probably, like, 
to, to bring it to tonight's episode, mm. what I'm like pleasantly surprised about is I was nervous that in the first few episodes, I felt like he was a little bit stilted. Yeah, he's wooden. Yeah. And I think he's like a producer's dream because I feel like he's very good at um, bring actually bringing out the personalities of the women. And he's mm-hmm. really like given the women space to share who they are without like where. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like tonight, particularly within Emma's date, I felt like he really loosened up and totally. I, I feel like he seems more relaxed in front of the cameras now. And I feel like we are seeing more of his personality because just in my fantasy world, I guess, um, I'm hoping that he's like a little bit more spicy than we're seeing. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's an amount of like milk toast to that man that like it, it might be like 50 shades of beige it, to it, to a certain extent. Um, totally. But I don't, I feel like, I, I feel like that there's actually more to there's him. There's a guy there, mm. right? Totally. Yeah. And I just think that unfortunately in the climate, mm. you actually sort of have to. It's the role, right? Like yes. you have to sand yourself down a bit and mm-hmm. present like a pretty approachable and pretty like. You know, totally, like and I every man that yourself. everyone in the country can kind of fall in love with. Exactly, mm. yeah. it's sort of like I mean, I would compare it to Twilight. In Twilight, the For author sure. like describes Bella as this sort of like, um, you know, <laughs> it's just a very accessible character, and that's yeah. why I feel like it was so popular because every girl could sort of like put herself in Bella's position and be yeah. like, oh, maybe a vampire will come and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I think that's very mad. Yeah, I, I think, think that like, that is that you mentioned Twilight, but like that's all throughout like anything about like romance novels or you know like like that dates back so so mm. far because the whole point is that you're meant to be able to put yourself in the shoes of the people there. Yeah, and I think the mark of Matt's success this season might be that the, like there are women on this show who are vastly different to each other who are all head over heels for him, and I think that that's exactly what you're saying. Like he he you can project your life into the like great big empty putty that he represents. Turn it around Mm. just on this. You say there's all these girls that are head over heels. How are you feeling about that concept right now? Are you feeling like there are multiple women who are genuinely head over heels for Matt? I think that there are multiple women who are like erring towards super interested yeah, I would say that um, you know if we're to count down, we would have like Ellie and uh, the Chelsea mm. and Abby and maybe mm-hmm. Sagand as well and Emma, Emma. obviously, Emma, right? Obviously. Yeah, and yeah. maybe Eleanor. I think yeah. that there are like six people who could genuinely be like romantic partners for him in this season, and that's rare. We didn't have that last year, and it's you know it's not like the. Um, Sophie Monk season where we had to fly in a millionaire halfway through to totally. save the day. Yeah. 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 Um, do you want to get started on the recap for this episode? Sure. Great. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> we begin with Sagand and Eleanor talk about Abby being manipulative. They suggest that Abby has a game plan and wants to get the strong ones out first, alleging she ousted Monique intentionally because she was a threat. And I have to ask, like, is this the... Is this the point of intersection between like Darwinism and dating? Do you think? <laughs> like, is this survival of the fittest? Where are we? Where do you? Where do you come off on Abby's strategy? I would say that 
like I'm going to couch all of my comments during this recap in the fact that I understand that this is an edit. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Um, because I'm very like the jury is out on Abby for me. I actually like I'm a bit uh, confused within my heart. I would I would say because Abby really just reminds me of Romy from right. my season. Oh, wow, yeah. When I see Abby, I just see Romy. All of Romy's mannerisms, mm. her sex appeal. Like mm. Romy is just the sexiest woman that I know, and I feel like Abby has that. Um, Saying that, I think that the edit is definitely presenting her in a way that she is playing a game. Yeah. And mm. I think that, unfortunately, uh, some of the things that she said, it's just like, it really sounds, it, that, that it's sort of like we're being set up for this situation where she doesn't necessarily want to, like she wants to win Matt. She doesn't want a relationship right. with Matt. Yeah, she yeah, wants yeah. to win The Bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that intersection of like, because it is a competition that is also a dating mm. show and it's like, which side of that line do people fall on? That's, mm. Yeah. Enter our hero, Osher Ginsburg, who reveals a single date card and a blindfold. The date is for Emma, who says that she hopes the date is hot and steamy on account of the blindfold. And also she wants Matt to know she's very serious about settling down. Can we talk about Emma also? I just want to know how in love you think that she could be at this point. Zave. Well, I mean... She has not really spent a huge amount of time with him up until this episode. Mm. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Because from what I understand, and, and tell me if this is wrong, like, despite the fact that you may not be spending that much time together, you certainly are getting this image of the person. Yeah, we are up to episode seven now, so mm. you're, like, pretty deep in the comp. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that, like, uh, for someone like Emma, I imagine that they've had a couple of conversations at cocktail party. So I'm going to like, wow, I'm really going deep into it, but probably like about, I'll estimate about 40 minutes of one-on-one convo with him. Yeah. Uh, so over the space over, of what amount of time? I reckon about five or six weeks. Yeah. So, mm. so it's like, it's, it's not much. I imagine probably from Matt's character, I think that he would be not like slagging off Honey Badger, but yes, slagging off Honey totally. Badger. Mm. Um, I felt like Honey Badger, obviously, like he, it's it's a very difficult task when you've got so many women and you need to like spend individual attention with each of them. Mm. Um, I imagine that Matt would. This is just like me talking. I'm about to segue into like Emma. Uh, putting him on a pedestal and like putting her fantasy onto him. But, yeah. but, but I, I think that's, that's what I meant as well. Like yeah. despite the fact that you haven't really spent that much time, like the whole situation is built, built up so that you will totally. create that image. And, and I mean, like in my fantasy <laughs> of spending no time with Matt, I imagine he's a pretty upstanding gentleman who um, I, I'm imagining he's quite present during mm. the cocktail party situation. He just seems like that he seems kind that of guy. Seems, yeah. I don't imagine yeah um and so he she wouldn't have had much but like she would have built it up in her mind and she would have been like i feel like at this point like this is i feel like emma is the date that cass was in my season Mm -hmm. where actually i think it might be episode for episode (laughs) it's where you're like okay, clearly this person's a cane bane. Will they have a fucking breakdown if yeah, they yeah, don't get this yeah, day? Because yeah. it's an enormous amount of pressure at that point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they've found someone who is like 
ready and willing to come in love, come in and fall in love with the bachelor. I, I tell you what date this was in my series. It was Rhiannon. Yeah. So do you remember mm. like Rhiannon said it, she had, res- she had been, um, Rhiannon had been walking around the alpaca field with me <laughs> just days on end really like, and it's hard because you start to question your self-worth and, I think, like, personally, Rhiannon was somebody who came into the show fairly confident. She looked, like, slamming on the first night. She was getting quite a lot of attention from him. Mm-hmm. And yet she didn't end up with a single date until, like, ep seven. Yeah. And mm. so by that time, her self-esteem was just, like, by no real, like, means of, like, anyone actually doing anything, but by virtue of time, mm. her self-esteem was that whittled down that when she got on the date, she was, like, so nervous. Yeah. And she was like, do you want to kiss? Like... <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, we're on the bachelor. What do we do? Yeah, we? yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's one of those weird, um, intense pressure situations, and you could feel it bubbling up with Emma, even in like the confessionals and the talking heads she's been giving about the jealousy that she's feeling for other women, and it was like obviously a big relief that you could see on her face as this came along. Mm. She arrives at a castle, and Matt is standing out the front in a Hawaiian shirt. Emma says, this date is already everything I've ever dreamt of. and Because of the shirt? Yep. No, that's how I feel like when a guy takes me to Chinese noodle house in Haymarket. I'm like, wow, this is everything. Praise take plan. (laughs) Everything I've always wanted. Uh, And Matt explains that the date will be a sensory deprivation exercise. So they enter the castle to reveal a giant dining table and six covered silver platters. In confessional, Matt says he thinks the date will be a good way to know each other quite intimately because it requires a lot of trust. So they're trying different foods. MasterChef's looking for new judges. Totally. Wow, have I watched this before? Because, like, I think on Bachelor in Paradise Season 2, there was a very similar scene. Yeah. Oh, and I don't know yeah. why I'm feeling, like, triggered by this day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like, I feel like you participated in what was maybe the show's most fun feeding each other date (laughs) um but it always turns out so uncomfortably what do you think it is about being in that situation is is it just the fact that cameras are on you is there an expectation placed on you to shove food in someone's mouth oh absolutely not (laughs) like do you have to make it funny no no um and i think that that i do think that some dates um can be sort of placed strategically by production that are that like lend themselves to like those cute intimate moments a little bit more. Sorry, did I just call our food date cute and intimate? Ah, well, no, but I mean it kind of um, was. And yeah, um, I felt that like, but I mean, I've reflected on this as well, and I'm like, oh, was that like, did I just? This is like when I was having my crazed like meltdown after Bachelor in Paradise, where yeah. I was like, um, oh god, am I just like reading too much into stuff? I I did think like. Seemingly, you could put another couple. Like, imagine if you put, like, American Alex and somebody else. Someone. <laughs> me. Yeah, let's say me. On that date that me and Jules were on. Yeah. Where you're having to, like, um, you don't have to feed each other food. It's just... <laughs> it's just food. We just volunteered. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose, like, it wouldn't necessarily turn out that sort of fun. And... And yeah, I like, I mean, that, that food date that we had in paradise was just like, 
the most fun. Yeah. And mm. I think it I think these dates are actually, if anything, a test about whether a couple is compatible in the sense that they will have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe there'll be fun that they like just equally are like, no, thank you. <laughs> but like I don't want them and I'm not Sit I'm not gonna and have a meal I'm together. not gonna invite them over to my dinner party. Yeah. 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 yeah it's it's I don't know, like I kind of look back on on that day in particular from Paradise and think like, uh, I don't know. You kind of look at that as like the magic moment of of the the genesis of something. I don't know if I felt it here, but it was I was encouraged by the the participation. Yes, yeah. I, I think I also like bec- just the structure of the date. Like on paper, it's not all that exciting. Whereas a lot of the dates that they'll go for are like, you know, whether they're like an adventure or... fly halfway to Mars. Right, right. Yeah. Or, yes. or even if it's just like extra wacky or like something people would never try before or something mm-hmm. like that. But when it is this somewhat more realistic setting where like, yeah, maybe you're blindfolded or something, but like essentially... Maybe you're blindfolded in a castle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, you know, we've all been... There are there. six silver platters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what my bubble day is going to be for like the next six months. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, welcome to this cast. <laughs> Truffles. Yeah. Um, um, but I, like when something comes about from that environment, it feels more genuine. It feels more exciting because it's not like... And I was also mm. interested in the sense that like clearly Emma wasn't like it wasn't a me and Jules situation, right? Or mm. a, like, Alex mm. and Richie situation where it's just, like, sort of disgusting but, like, sort of cute. Eh, cringe. Yeah. Um, like, Emma wasn't really, like, into it. And she was... I think she was being her, like, honest self. And I think why I appreciated Matt so much in that setting was that he wasn't... he Like, it wasn't like, oh, no, like cancel this yeah he sort of like embraced her genuine reactions mm. and i thought that that was pretty lovely yeah and he that... wasn't he wasn't pushing too hard either like he wasn't like come on bring out the real you when yeah. like she's being <laughs> exactly yes. you know, like, yeah. yeah like there's that moment where he's like this is great and she's like this is crap i hate this <laughs> and it's really positive i don't know i thought it was nice to watch them connect they end up settling in on a batchy couch and emma reveals to matt that her feelings are off the chart right now and that he ticks all of the boxes. Drink. Um, she <laughs> says, you mean the world to me. Um, but Matt is into it. He says that he wants to give Emma a gift. Um, and it's a thin piece of wood with the web form of the phrase, I love being in love etched into it. This is incredible. This is... I, we did not discuss this as it was airing, no. and I'm so glad that well, we Well, I got it. very absorbed into trying to screenshot it and then putting quotes from our podcast <laughs> oh into it. Oh, my God. So I didn't see what happened for the next few minutes. Um, Alicia, we'll start with you. Yeah, like, when a prop or something like this comes out, like, obviously, this is not a spur-of-the-moment thing. I love right. how she's like, wow, you remembered, and it's like, right. babe, this show is recording. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, when uh, you say something like that, or like, <laughs> this is such a sweet gesture, or I can't believe you've put all this effort into this for me, or whatever, is that a joke 100% of the time? Like, it is funny 100% of the time. <laughs> wow, Does, you're do really you think just anyone, like... Do you think anyone really <laughs> feels like... Because I can imagine from the perspective of, like, you are so caught up in this situation, and, you know, you're willing to believe the best about this person, maybe you do feel like, wow, they... Oh, I completely to, like, like. I totally, totally believe that you could. Yep. You you would buy into it because you're feeling very vulnerable and you're sort of looking for any any little piece of 
anything at this stage. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm. Okay. Anecdote time. Yes. (laughs) Um, What I would compare it to would be... uh, just from my own experience, because I think that a lot of other people, like depending on who you would speak to from the franchise, would have a touch point where it wouldn't be like that they would have some, one of these thin wood carving situations <laughs> and they'd be like, okay, clearly this is a stitch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had this situation in Paradise with Jules. And it was when he, it was when I came back from my date with Canadian Daniel mm. and it was the... Oh my God, a thousand <laughs> questions just popped into my mind. But anyway, yeah. please go on. Um, and it was surrounding, he'd like, um, I'd just come back from my date and then he led me down the garden path once again to a bonfire. Mm. And this was a confusing one for me because Jules in Paradise, we had sort of in our private moments where, you know, you don't have cameras in your face, like there's sort of always some sort of filming in paradise, but there was like, you know, in a moment where we didn't feel like we were like actually in a scene or anything Mm, like that. And we're just chatting away. He told me that like he finds uh, waves really meditative. That's like a really like happy, peaceful place for him. Mm -hmm. And I shared with him that I find like one of my like most peaceful, beautiful places is sitting in front of a family bonfire. My family's from Caboolture. Don't hold that against me. It's in like whoop whoop whoops, Brisbane. <laughs> we call it like mm, lower Palana. sunshine. Mm. It's not Palana. <laughs> it's not Byron. <laughs> it, is, it is like lower sunshine coast, mm. meaning like, it's like sort of Campbelltown in Sydney. Uh, <laughs> Isn't there a custard song called Caboolture's Feed Lab? <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds great. right. Okay, great. Sounds about right. Um, we have like a family bonfire on our little like little farm up there. And that's where I feel like most at pace when you see like the sort of flames dancing. Anyway, all beautiful, very yeah. wholesome. Mm-hmm. And so when I got off my date with Canadian Daniel, Jules had been like sort of re- like talking about reigniting the spark for a while. Mm. And so I'd say like the bonfire was a genuine idea that like genuine thought that I had shared with Jules mm. Whether and he had been like, I think probably the first time that he posited doing this sort of like bonfire for me to reignite the spark that was actually genuinely his idea. Yeah, but I think maybe in the placement of like the story beats. Mm maybe like, it yeah. felt like a bit like, whoa, I've just come off this date with Canadian Daniel. Now there's now like there's this. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah. like, I think that's, that's super intentional and to tell your story in the way that the producers think it's the most compelling to be told. Um, but at the same time, it's encouraging to hear that the genesis of the idea is not always someone who's like, you'll give a bit of wood to a woman who's already demonstrably in love with you. Totally. So I do actually believe you give a piece of wood. <laughs> My Emma is still <laughs> she's, she's on she the She says day. it's the most beautiful thing anyone's ever done for her. Okay, that's like it. Chill, babe. Has <laughs> uh, everyone, anyone bought you a kebab at 3am? Like, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I would say like the little optimist, like so many people are cynical about bachelor and the bachelor franchise but i actually like 
I, I really quite adore the franchise, to be honest. And I, I'm like, I hate it more than anything when people are like, oh, it's scripted. It's not fucking no scripted yeah, in the slightest. Um, so what I would say to wrap up the wood conversation, <laughs> a great conversation it's been, yes. is that I would probably say that uh, maybe the producers have sort of come to Matt being like, um, if the date all goes well, like, is there anything that you like sort of connected with her on blah, blah, blah. Mm. And maybe like he said that and they've like sort of cooked it up together. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's kind of nice to that's, be honest. Yeah, and I'm lovely. so glad that Emma received his wood so early. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, does anyone else have an experience with the like waveform, waveform wood carving or the waveform in general? Well, I mean, I edit the podcast every week. I guess You're that's true. That. Uh, my, I'm thinking about my friend Darren who has uh, his wife's nickname for him is like um like it's whoopee maybe something like that and um as a very very cute gesture he got the waveform of i love you boopy which is what she says tattooed wow. under his arm so sweet which is really sweet That's and kind so nice. and we love darren oh my yeah. god i yeah. can't wait for someone to get a waveform <laughs> my name on their bicep <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just the waveform of like Umbrella of ambiguity. <laughs> I love your bicep. <laughs> After we finish this podcast, we're going to take the waveform of Great. this episode down to the tattoo shop. Just downstairs. We're going to get group tattoos. Yes. Of, of an hour and a half of audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking maybe I would get the Da Vinci Code and that would just be like shorter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cute. Um, there's chitty, a rose. Chitty <laughs> <laughs> there's a rose. They kiss. And now it is group date time. Uh, and this date is for pretty much all of the remaining women in the mansion. It's a democracy date, um, which I, I don't <laughs> know. Don't still look at Alicia. Yeah. Wow. Keen. <laughs> Does anyone here have any experience with the democratic process? I don't know. Hmm. I did hear, like, the politics of the mansion. I was like, guys, I work uh, for Bill Shorty. Right <laughs> like, remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Matt says the quality that he wants the most in a partner is selflessness, which I thought was a weird way to pronounce blonde hair. Um, <laughs> I don't really understand that. Um, but then... Sorry, can we just interrogate yes. that for some, one second? Like, Please. Max, what do you think of selfless as, like, it, like, what's your biggest quality in a partner? Like, um, I don't know if mine would be selfless. Selfless? Seems like a little bit like, um, not a red flag, but like... Mm. Like, yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, so I think that that's telling of Matt, and I, well, I'm still processing mine. Mm. Uh, I think <laughs> that it is telling of Matt that um, we're watching lots of situations where a big thing for him is like the woman's career being put on hold. You know, in order to pursue a family. He's talked about this a few times. What I is think. that about? I don't though? know. But um, I, I feel like it is, it is the reason that he has given already a few times. And granted, like, his pool of women, a lot of them are, like, a fair bit younger. Mm. But I feel like he's used the phrase, like, at different points of our lives a few times. Yeah, the age thing, difference, which, that like, kind of thing. Of course. You yeah. understand. And, like, you know, if you're not in sync with the person on that level, then, like, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but you also question where that comes from. A bit. Right. And so I wonder if selflessness is, like, a way of hinting at that. Like, you will be the matron. Of the family, maybe I don't yeah. know. This is something that that I'm I'm needling at, and I'm not sure what it is. See, because I would like, <laughs> I would prefer like maybe compassion. Totally, sure, yeah, like, empathy. Selfless makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. It's yeah. sort of, I I suppose, 
the only, like the, I think what makes me feel icky about the word selfless is it sort of strips someone of their autonomy a little right, bit. Right, sure. Yeah, because Whereas, straight away you're entering a negotiation. Yes, and yeah. I think that you can have all that is good about selflessness encaptured in another word like empathy or compassion. Right, yeah. Yeah, big butt also. Yeah, yeah. Definitely that really captures yeah. it. <laughs> big yeah. butt and blonde. <laughs> um, so the first thing that the women have to do is Sorry, order did, themselves. Was that your one? That was your one. Big oh, butt. wait. Big butt. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. your one. Oh, yeah. I thought Understood. like, I was like, mm, I don't really like, I haven't really sussed out Chelsea, but like, <laughs> <laughs> the butt didn't seem. <laughs> He's talking about how she's got the most wow, incredible you love big butt. Body. Nah. It's okay. Um, I actually cannot lie, and we're gonna. Hey, talk about hey, that. good. Thank you. <laughs> just a moment. Yeah. I'm incapable of lying. It was really there. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the low-hanging fruit is the it tastes the sweetest. You know, <laughs> is that another butt? <laughs> <laughs> That's his second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants the low-hanging fruit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, no shaming. You know, it's fine. Yeah, right? well, yeah. 2019, babe. Yeah. Um, so the girls are asked to order themselves in order of selflessness and there's squabbling before the women who are ordained or self-ordained, the most selfless, are asked by Osher to simply step out of the competition with the reward of a rose. What did we think of this twist? Oh, it's very twisty. I like it for a TV viewer, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love, like, I think Osher is working hard for the gold logie. Mm, uh, whether I actually liked it, like, in a... I feel like if I was in, like, if I was to recreate this situation in my own season, mm. well, me and Kat and Romy would be at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I just, I hate it. Like, I yeah. think that, like, it's boring AF, but... I sort of think, like, I, I like the idea that they're willing to play with, with the format, but in this case, we just saw, like, the five front runners get a rose. Exactly. And it took all the tension out. Yeah. They needed a different word. They needed, like, yeah. they should have done it with, like, <laughs> sex appeal, Funniest. and then, like, yes. Abby yes. gets a rose. Right, right. Which yeah. they, I guess they got to after a little while. Yeah. But yeah, they, they yeah. blew it. Um, from here, it kind of becomes that, like, continuation of the Abby arc that we've been seeing. Um, the selfless five form a like gymnastics judging panel, um, and the rest of the women. Well, they're are, like tribal council. Yeah, right? it's almost like tribal council. Mm, yeah. They are asked to order themselves based on various qualities, um, and there's some really interesting sign work here that you picked up on. Zandy. Oh yeah, I took a screenshot. Oh thank God, because yeah. there was an essay on one, yes. and I was like halfway through a bottle of wine, I was like, mm, so they're all that. holding up just like somebody's name and being like Cassandra. Sorry, like oh I didn't mean Bye, to throw you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but then um, Kristen, is that her name? Yeah, Kristen from China. Yes, China. Yeah. Of course, from China, mm. famously. Um, holds up a sign that says Brie and then a love heart and then it says I could wear a brown paper bag and you would never tell me I look ugly because of that I love you mm. look is, was, I how would much want time my she friend given to write as this? well right. to like if I was wearing a brown okay story time again story time <laughs> Anecdote, here we go. The reason why why I became friends with Kat and Romy in my season of The Bachelor was Mm -hmm. when you go on The Bachelor, one of your first sort of things that isn't to do with filming is a publicity photo shoot where they like get you all in some... I don't know, warehouse in Waterloo (laughs) and they take gorgeous photos of you and you have about like three or four outfits to change into. You do group shots, you do individuals, blah, blah, blah. 
and you have to have different looks and I think one of them was like casual and everyone's sort of like trading clothes and trying on different outfit formats Mm. and I put on this pair of this is like early this is maybe like four days in the mansion Mm. and we just passed the first rose ceremony rest in peace autumn she Mm. was my roommate um and I put on a pair of white jeans and like a emerald green bandeau from like Supre. It was just a piece of cloth. (laughs) And I looked at like Kat and I was like, what do you reckon about this? I think this is cool. I'm going to go with this. And she goes, not if you want to look circa 2006. No. (laughs) Wow. You like really could be a member of Bardo. (laughs) 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 And I like, I I just sort of like, I didn't even feel like insulted. I like gravitated towards her because I was like, Okay, this bitch is honest. Yeah. I look fucking terrible in yep. this. I'm going to go talk to like... Relentless honesty. Go mm. steal some of class, Cass's clothes. Yeah. And so going back to this screenshot, mm-hmm. tell me if I... Like, I'm not going to look good in a paper bag. No. Yes. Be honest yeah, with me, Brie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's an underhanded... Maybe it's a digger, Brie, knowing this. Totally. Is she mm. too soft? I think she might be. And I think that we saw that a little bit later in the episode. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abby ends up rating herself number one for fun, honesty, and passion, and number three for intelligence, um, which infuriates the other women. Uh, she They're says, like, oh, she should have been number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she says, I literally cannot lie. Um, and I just, I start to wonder about Abby at this time because what we have said is that the connection between herself and Matt is really abundant, but at the same time, the way that she's positioning herself, or at least the way that the show is edited to show her positioning herself is demonstrably unfavorable to her. She's like relentlessly playing the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it kind of like, that's how it's sort of being made out. I don't know if I like this look for Abby or not, or whether she's sort of doing what she has to do given the circumstances. Yeah, look, I think that, like, I mean, clearly, <laughs> like, like that's just a ridiculous... It's, a, like, amazing grab for the producers. I yeah. literally cannot lie. <laughs> Again, reminds me of Romy. Like, this is 100% something Romy would do. <laughs> and so I suppose what I'm trying to sort of remind myself when I watch the series back... Because, like, they easily get you into the trap of, like, disliking characters. Mm. And, yeah... I hear this and I like I get sucked in. I'm like, oh, you you literally can't lie, Abby. Will you just li- you lied like multiple times? <laughs> <laughs> I know this. Yeah. I've watched episode yeah. five and six. <laughs> um, so you. <laughs> so I'd say like it's. I suppose what I feel like Abby is probably lacking, which. Let's be fair, she's 23. Yeah. She's probably lacking a little self-awareness. Yep. And it's just something, I suppose, that I find difficult to relate to because I'm very much of a person where, like, let's take the Monique dog cunt situation. Mm, Had I... Let's always. (laughs) Had I been in that situation (laughs) when I called Jules a dog cunt... had I been in Monique's situation and I had called him a dog cunt and maybe it was a jocular conversation. Mm, and short and. <laughs> short <laughs> jocular. He knows it. He watched Jesus Water. Okay. Um, had I been sitting with Dr. Matt Agnew 
and he was like, yo, did you call me a dog cunt? I would have probably been like, hey, look, I'm like so sorry, mate. Like (laughs) I was just a bit loose. I was by the pool enjoying myself. And I just said like, fuck, he hooked up with Sagan. What a dog cunt. I would have been like, oh, Matt, you know they serve alcohol here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a very apologetic person. Mm. And so I just, I don't really, I can't really relate to these characters where they sort of like try and mask the truth. Right, yeah, it's, it's bizarre sort of like, to me. It's and, and it's one-upmanship, and then it's hiding. Yes, and none of that really makes sense to me on a show where everything is fucking filmed. It's Bill Goldsmith in Bachelor in Paradise. Right. It's like, mm. bro, do you know that this <laughs> there are cameras? Are you aware of what is happening here, <laughs> Bill? <laughs> Buddy, <sighs> that guy. <laughs> Phil, he's the cameraman. Yeah. He's right there. <laughs> His name rhymes with your name. <laughs> um, okay, I want to I want to know a little bit more about etiquette also in these situations. Yes. Because mm. uh, this all stems from a kiss at a cocktail party. Mm-hmm. And we watch the show. The, you hear these moments where people are like that's just not on or you know we hear that stuff being said, but we there's, they never show like the part where that decision gets made or like, you know, right. To what degree is that stuff actually sort of laid out? What, like how much of it is based on like real life common courtesy? Oh, I think it's like, I think it's completely couched in real life common courtesy. Mm. Uh, again, we'd hark back to the Tennille situation. And I have spoken openly about this before. Yeah. Um, Like we saw when like Tennille is, uh, I, I suppose where the conflict came to a head that night and uh, for like veteran viewers of The Bachelor of last season, <laughs> they will remember that Tennille sort of like used these candles to name me, Kat and Romy as the naughty girls in the house mm, and push right. us to one side. It was a beautiful moment. Mm. I think like James Anthony from Punky like made us explode in a fire. It was great. <laughs> beautiful. <Yeah. laughs> Shout out James Anthony. <laughs> and... um. In essentially in that episode, it all focused on like Romy riling Tennille up and Romy being the person to be like, you said that you thought it was like you would never like kiss on a first date. And now you're coming back and you're like going like blow for blow when you're describing it to girls in the house. Mm. When in fact, it really was like a group of girls who were sort of perturbed by how Tennille had described her date with Nick. Yeah. And and you get that, like, I suppose the moments of realism is, like, when Tennille's running down the driveway and she's, like, taking off her mic. She's never... She never references, like... I can't be in the house with Romy. Yeah. Romy is so annoying. She's like, yeah. I can't be here anymore. Yeah. Because there was a real sort of shift in the mood in the house to gang up on this one girl. And that does happen. And I don't think that that's good or fun. But I think it's like, I think girls sort of cling to it as a factor on the show, knowing that I think that like, I don't know where these unspoken rules come from. Right. I think they're pretty mm. dumb, to be honest. Mm. Right. I it's, mean, in this environment, like, you can't play by the rules that you have in your usual life, right? That's, yeah, that's kind of it. And I guess it's sort of, like, entirely natural that in a room full of, you know, 20 people, there would be some that you gravitate to more than others. And it's just interesting to hear about how real those feelings of, like, violations and injustice are. You know, like... Uh, were there times do you feel like when uh you were in 
either of your seasons watching this happen and feeling like, no, this is wrong? Not really. Um, I was sort of, I suppose, in paradise. I was. I, I actually felt like I was almost shield a little, shielded a little bit from yeah. seeing like uh, what would I, what would I say when um when like Jules took Tennille on a date. I was actually like I think I was on a, in my room or something like that, mm-hmm. and I was actually. I don't know if it was perfect timing or whether it was like a bit of the hand of the producers, but that was a situation where I was actually not sort of present. And I think that that would be probably like, I remember when like watching it back and Jules like takes Tennille on this mini day. I think had I seen that physically in paradise happen, I don't think like... (sighs) backing myself I don't think that I like would have lost my shit I guess I don't think I'd be like punching walls like some of our friends (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think probably more of the risk would be that had I seen that I would have like just really cut Jules off as you would in the real world right like if you know that a guy like if I'm texting a guy and then like by some like means I see him like let's say I see him comment on some girl's Instagram and it's like quite intimate mm. not that this is a real life situation but I've like but made it on the fly it, yeah, yeah. Anecdote I imagine I imagine that like if I'd seen that I might reflect on like my relationship with the dude and be like ah, actually like maybe I'm just like gonna pause this and move on totally mm. and so I think that I mean, Bachelor is so different to Bachelor in Paradise. So I think that like the only, the only thing that I think would be like completely legit in The Bachelor to be like, that is just crossing the line would be like, see, I find it more of a uncomfortable situation. Not that it's crossing the line. I find watching Abby and Bree's private time with Matt. Oh, wasn't it gross? More difficult. Like had I been... Who do I consider a front runner? Ellie. Mm. Had I been Ellie watching that of Abby and Matt, I I think I would have lost my shit right. because holy God. Yeah. yeah. You think about the like the very, very real emotions that these people are feeling and then to watch someone else have the same conversation and then to watch someone else try and do it. And it's it's like it's almost like um art realizing life, you know? I'd actually be like scared. That's one yeah. of the that's one of the things that like if I was ever considering to do another season of any of these sort of formats of shows, mm. I actually get physically a bit upset by thinking of having to sort of deal. Uh, like I don't imagine, I can't imagine on The Bachelor how difficult that is if you actually have real emotions totally. watching that play out in front of you. I would just be like, I'd, I would lose my shit probably. Yeah, <laughs> you just feel like... I don't know, all of those waves of guilt and yeah. um, I don't know. It's it's a uh, means for people to feel bad about themselves. And it was a stark contrast in our season of The Bachelor between girls who had not been on single dates and girls who had been on single dates. Because totally. the minute that you get that time and the minute that you share things about yourself, mm. you learn about them and maybe you share a kiss, fundamentally... Like, there's maybe a couple of people who that would just be, like, going through the motions for. But yeah. for most people, sharing a kiss, being intimate with someone really means, means something. something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it difficult for you to watch the show back now? 
like having oh, having been on too so difficult i think that um it was more difficult at the beginning i actually like dropped off a little bit towards like um i dropped off eps four five and six yeah i was just having weird emotions about it mm. uh now I've sort of like over the weekend I came back and I sat down and I gave it a go and I watched all of them and now I feel better. I feel sort of like on top of those emotions. I don't really know, you know what I think it was and I did actually share this with the girls, meaning Kat, Rom and Rhiannon who are the girls that I still talk to yeah. regularly mm-hmm. out of both of the seasons they would be like my regular sort of quad I guess. quad, <laughs> quad. that's what we know yeah. that's what the kids are calling yeah. it yeah we don't we don't say squad we say quad yeah. <laughs> oh god i'm a fucking nerd um <laughs> quad goals alicia quad goals <laughs> oh my gosh okay so they're the girls that i talk to on a regular basis and i was trying to work through these emotions as i imagine they are like and a lot of girls in our season are probably trying to work through and i try and be pretty like open and honest with this stuff because i don't really like see any point in like trying to mask how i how this stuff actually makes you feel yeah, yeah. um I would say that it, weirdly it made it brought back a lot of feelings of uh oh god what's the word inferiority yeah mm-hmm. uh because I suppose because I feel like and we we were sort of discussing this earlier at the beginning of the chat when we weren't recording mm. but I was sharing with you guys that um I feel pretty on top of the format these days yeah. I can pretty much like read who like you sort of and, and and like people who watch the show very regularly can probably pick up on it too but I pretty much feel like I know who are going to be like the top four mm-hmm. and I can see that characterization and yeah. it's pretty deliberate mm. and I suppose the feelings that it brought back for me was this like inferiority complex that like why wasn't it's not even necessarily about the bachelor it's like why wasn't i cast as one of these like yeah golden girls i guess yeah, yeah. and that's really hard as well because uh, i mean paradise is is an entirely different beast because you sort of get to play to an archetype but also be more of yourself i would guess yeah um but coming onto this show as someone who accepts a role that is different to the the golden girl role is is without projecting too much like that's fucking hard that's hard definitely and i feel like i almost felt like i at stages particularly when we were off the show i embraced the archetypes and i sort of like this sounds bad i guess but i almost like was lockstep with kat and romy a little bit knowing that if I played into the archetypes a little bit more, potentially paradise could be something on the totally. horizon. Yeah. Yes. And thus I would be granted the opportunity to share my full personality. Right. Mm. Which obviously it worked that way. So like not saying I'm like some genius political strategy. <laughs> 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 I did I did work for Bill Shorten. But people approach this in different ways and have like um different goals to come from it. You know, Rachel on the very first night as she's walking in with her friend, her friend is talking to Matt and she's like, oh, my friend's stealing my screen time. Mm. You know, like there are very, very different and clear objectives that people approach this show with. And I think that um, accepting your lot 
to a certain extent, especially in a season where your bachelor is a dud. Um, and then moving on to paradise where you've been able to like diversify your portfolio if we're to talk about it in a really <laughs> gross way. I'm also invested in Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> that one specifically in yeah, Canberra? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get, like, how much of a sense do you get of where everyone else stands? Like, because, That's a great question. Yeah, like, you know, there are these, archety- um, sorry, these archetypes that you can recognize watching the show and you get a sense for the structure of it and where everyone falls into it. Like, there's going to be some villain and there's mm. going to be, you know, this sort of thing. Is that stuff, I mean, obviously it is reinforced by the edit, um, but like, how much do you get an impression of like, oh, these people are front runners. These people are being portrayed in this particular way. Do you, do you get a sense that like, I'm asking you crystal clean, crystal, cr- interesting, clean, right. crystal <laughs> clean in the closet. <laughs> you Squeaky can tell clear. that I'm like really onto my like. We're a bottle down. Um, Crystal clear. I I can see it crystal clear. Um, Wow, you did ask like eight questions, Xavier. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you mean like, uh, like, can I literally tell you who the front runners are? Like, I think most viewers would be able to say by this stage. More when you're in the house. Yeah, I I mean, as a contestant, while it's happening, do you, can you look at, um, you know, Brooke and go, oh, well, that person's obviously going super far in the competition. Mm. I mean, by virtue of the fact that, like, some some is easier, some is harder. So, mm. like, um, uh, Brooke obviously got her, what was it on our season? Batch pad key. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the batch pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwback Thursday. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you can definitely see that through Brooke. Um, and I suppose... Again, I've spoken about this extensively. You can sort of, uh, as an individual, I feel like I'm a survivor now, mm-hmm. individual player, mm-hmm. as a participant in the show, you can definitely sense a shift in uh, where, okay, let's say uh, you've been there for a couple of weeks and you notice that your questions are shifting off questions about the honey badger to questions about the other women. Sure. Yeah. That's a clear indicator that like, and and so like I remember in the mansion, I would occasionally like in like in the back half where I like clearly knew like I came out of the mansion and I I sat down with my best friend, uh, who was my housemate at the time, Hannah, who appeared on Bachelor in Paradise. Yes, mm. Hannah. And, <laughs> and she said, "Okay, what's hap- Like what, what what's happening?" And I said, "Babe." I think I'm, I'm in the Mean Girls, but I'm the least mean of the Mean Girls. <laughs> and that was just like bang on. So you yeah. do have yeah. a pretty good sense for it. Um, I do remember like me just being a fucking asshole towards the back end. Like they'd ask me something about Nick and I'd be like, I just think that we've got like a flame burning, but like it's <laughs> hidden right now. But like given the right opportunity <laughs> and it's like wow like do you think i want a single date like yeah. here you go yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> and you is, can yeah. talk about it as much as you want but if it's not happening it's not happening yeah yeah um so this competition this date that we're on still oh my god wow i'm so sorry like <laughs> Dave's gonna be here all night cutting this down i was like here's nine or ten questions <laughs> it comes down to abby and brianna who i just want to say about brianna she has still not had a confessional in this show. Are we on Survivor? I love yes. it. Like no, Max but it's, is doing that his is confessional rough. count. That yes. is horrendous. Yes. Yes. It, like, is she even on the show? She is in the final two uh, down to a group date and it's between her and Abby. 
and Abby gets all of these confessionals mm. and Brianna gets nothing. And, and everyone on social media is like, who is this person? It's right. Ash. They always do this. Right. Episode There's always seven. A, who is this? Yep. this person. Ash and Rihanna in the left episode seven. Mm-hmm. And Ash, do you know who Ash is from my season? No. no. She's oh. a lovely we blonde woman, yeah. single mom. Yeah. She's great. Mm. Yeah. She wasn't Dasha. Right. But she's amazing. Also a single mom. Yeah. We yeah. love Dasha. Um, we remember do you, Dasha. Do you get a vibe from those people that they know that that's happening? Um, not exactly. I don't think that those those situations become clear until you watch the show because you don't know what people yeah. are saying in the IVs. Yeah. So like, yeah, like the IVs where you're doing you're doing like a forty minute sit down and answering all the questions about the, all the action for the past like three days. Mm. You don't know like this person could go up and be like be a stand up comedian, right? <laughs> totally, yeah. And then yeah. Take it all, you know. Yeah, it's people yeah. who are sneaky good in talking heads. Yeah. 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 Um. So it become it comes to this situation where Bree and Abby read letters to Matt about their prospective relationships with him. Um, which is like grossly unfair because Abby has one and Bree just doesn't at this point. Mm. Um, but then the rest of the women, as we were saying, watch on TV like this is Gogglebox. And it's so weird. It wasn't I interesting. Know. I don't think they've really done a lot of that before. No. Is this like we've been talking about the show getting a bit meta and recognizing its tropes and like leaning into the fact that it is a show and talking about itself as a show matt has mentioned that it's a show like i just don't feel like that has happened really that much before yeah i I, like is this the meta commentary that we came here for or is this as we were sort of saying before just like a way of making the women hate themselves or is it literally just so like idiots like me thinking they're funny on social media will be like oh my god it's gogglebox and then people are talking about gogglebox ah good we do have a gogglebox bachelor (laughs) bachelorette well that's true that's true Product placement, mm, Magnum. Magnum. <laughs> um, I I didn't I didn't necessarily read it as a sort of goggle box situation. Um, I I read it as a way to shit stir among the mm. women, mm-hmm. and this is where I will input a big thought of mine this season that I think that they have. Uh, if I was the producer. For Bachelor, if I was to watch back previous seasons and think, how could I heighten all of these emotions? How could I make this more dramatic Mm. in a very simple way? It is by giving a smaller amount of women more time with him from the get-go. Yeah. Because it allows more women to become actually invested in him, thus more drama. And I think that that's what you're seeing with Abby. Like, the fact that, like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. We we just talked about it. Like, gut-wrenching hearing. Like, she is an articulate gorgeous woman yeah. and honestly like if she if i had to watch that and i thought i had a strong connection with him i'd be broken oh yeah, yeah you would yeah. hate yourself um so abby's reading as we know goes pretty well um whereas brianna begins by apologizing for being very awkward um she pulls from her several pages of text saying the most important thing in a relationship to her is having fun and then wraps it up she says that's pretty much it um for a woman whose edit has been invisible, it was not a strong foot forward. But I sort of like, I look at this and I wonder how much of what we're seeing is like good storytelling on the part of the editors of this show and how much of it is like a straight retelling of how something played out. I don't know. 
On Survivor, we would call her Purple Brianna. Purple, yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Max, he likes Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Purple Survivor. Brianna. <laughs> totally, yeah. But that's what she is. She's got a no edit, no characterization. Mm-hmm. I appreciated, just to skip forward a little bit, I appreciated her and Matt's conversation at the cocktail party absolutely. later yes. during the live rose ceremony, oh, which wow. we will get to. Amazing. <laughs> and it's crazy. Um, Crazy that they shot that live. They got everyone back into the wild. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) months later. (laughs) Kind of an incredible feat of TV making. So funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I appreciated. I appreciated her conversation with Matt later at the live rose ceremony because I felt like the first time to speak very candidly as I have this whole freaking podcast. (laughs) It's okay. Um, Nobody listens. (laughs) (laughs) That um, I was a little bit nervous that he was almost like putting it on. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. Like he was sort of taking, (laughs) not taking the beers, but he was, I felt like maybe it was sort of a done deal already. Yeah. That like it's Abby's arc that we're following. And he was a little bit like, he didn't give the same graciousness as he gave to Emma. That he gave mm. to, to Brianna. Brianna. Yeah. Mm. He was sort of just like hands in the air. Well, fuck, you're awkward. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is weird. What do yeah, we do yeah. with this? Yeah. Help! Like he was literally. It was like help me. It was the same as yeah. when the rose fell off his. The stem fell off his rose or whatever a few weeks ago. He's just sure. like, what do we do here? Yeah, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> help me. Yeah. But also, I guess in some way, like when something like that happens, you're like, great, we know what happens here now. You know, mm. like I don't yes. have to create a scene or a situation. Totally. Like the pressure is off you. As a as the lead, yeah. Anyway, Abby gets the rose, no surprise. And after the group date, Sagan says that Abby has not been being herself with Matt, and that she has been dishonest. In fact, several of the women are quite distressed. Nikki reveals uh, that the only thing that could possibly make her feel happy again in her entire life uh, would be a Magnum ice cream TM. Mm. <laughs> and here it is and I love at the end of the episode there's like enjoying a magnum and it's just like <laughs> pretty much a gif of Nikki just eating yeah. this magnum like this is I think it was even in that ad break they just like <laughs> they just cut straight to this, the same clip you just watched exactly this is Kayla jumping in the pool yes. from our oh, true. Yes, this totally. is Nikki's time to shine and it's so Fuck good love and that thank woman. you for the product placement <laughs> do you think that we should go after Hagen dazs now oh Seeing true as they've been competition to sponsor? Yeah. Yeah. although we have said mm-hmm. Magnum about four times they might not take too kindly to that we progress immediately to the cocktail party in which Osher reveals that there will be a live rose ceremony this is the kind of party where roses are distributed over the course of the evening at Matt's discretion. Uh, I've never seen any anything like this shit in my whole life. Mm. Um, Whoa. It, it was oof, big, big surprise for me. And you, you know, saw me on the couch. Oh, my gosh. Oof. I was like, is Nikki not getting a rose? Oh, oh Nikki's got a rose. On? Whoa. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So it's a bit of a roller coaster. It was crazy. Although I'm... I did have that weird thing, just like from watching the show so much and from knowing the rhythms and that kind of thing, mm. when there wasn't a rose ceremony at the end in the traditional way, I was like, wait, what? the episode is, is that the right? end? Yes. I literally was like, wait, what? I was like looking at my phone or something. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, I better go get on the train to do this podcast now. <laughs> Max, you're going to hate me, but I'm going to like go back to something you said earlier about about Sagand and please, Abby. Please. Um, well, this is a big narrative threat for this well, episode as well. Right. Well, that convo about like, we don't, we don't think like you're being one way with the girls, one way with Matt. 
classic of the trade. Mm. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we like had it in our mansion Oof. as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's like actually just comes down to a bit of like internalized misogyny and jealousy. Yeah. I yeah. just straight out think that these girls are just sort of jealous of, of Abby, Abby yeah. and oh God, like I just don't really know where you can go with it. Like it's just pure. I suppose like that's sort of where uh, I am pretty comfortable with the format mostly. Cause I'm like, Oh, I can be a feminist in my day to day life. And then I can just be like cool and chill mm-hmm, and enjoy mm-hmm. like 90 minutes of fun. Um, yeah, this, But this yeah. is, uh, this is a point where I like become a little bit like it like really challenges me totally in the sense that it's like and i got it like i was watching like i i can't remember what point it was it was the red dress when she was in the red dress and she kisses him and like and i was like oh my god girl like whoa she's like so sexy like whoa and i had this like pang of jealousy i'm not even the fucking (laughs) child and i i think that like i think that's like you need to recognize that and i mm-hmm. i sort of feel sorry for abby in the sense that she's had that sort of thrust upon her where she came out and she was like i felt such shamed and i think that's completely valid like, totally yeah did you like i feel like if i were obviously completely different situation but if, like if i were on the show i would be thinking constantly about like the social responsibility of the things that i was saying and you know the way that my actions were being perceived and how they reflected on society and people watching and all that kind of stuff <laughs> mm. which like kumbaya right <laughs> right so well, is okay, a better yes. person than either of us <laughs> no, well, i mean of course i'm wonderful yes. um but like is that something that that uh, it's something that, it's like, something that um happened with in paradise with Ivan. Totally. i was very right. close with Ivan right. and I actually like it was kind of difficult in paradise because you're not seeing the extent of like uh, what people are expressing because you you don't you're not privy to their interviews or Mm. how they're acting in sort of like voxies um, which is like when you're taken away from the action and you're sort of stood up and just need to give you like exact emotions at that point in time so we're not privy to those private things Mm. and I could just actually get a sense around production that this was moving from what was maybe a more like um oh this is sad it's unrequited love and he's devastated by it Mm. to okay clearly he's he's expressing behaviors that are like controlling and right not healthy and then i amended my behavior and i've told like i've told the van straight out about this Mm. i i felt the need to amend my behavior because i was nervous that if i was if he sort of had like a strong female woman who's involved in politics almost like being a sympathizer or like apologizing for his actions Mm. and comforting him through it i was nervous that it wouldn't be it wouldn't come through on the show that those actions are unacceptable yes yeah and it did and you know maybe that's credit credit to you for stepping back and for the other people on the show who are privy to this behavior and particularly for Tanil, who dealt with it in like a really um i don't know like she was very very straightforward about it and i Mm. kind of admired that about completely yeah Yeah. the way that that all played out um i don't know is 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 one of those weird things where i think that the 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 more distance you put in between yourself and him 
I imagine that it would feel like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? Because on the one hand, you're here in a situation with this person who's behaving in a volatile way, and oh fuck, do, what, what, how do I? You, you know? don't want to be that person who's like, oh, I'm worried about the edit. I'm running right, away right. and abandoning you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, but at the you're same time, worried about the edit. I'm kind of worried about the edit yeah. because I'm like. Well, I'm, I'm like these actions are actually like it's it's difficult because you're not you're not seeing the full extent of stuff, but you're sort of like hearing bits and pieces, and you feel like you're feeling like you're building up to scenes. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. like scenes is maybe the wrong word. Moments in paradise that are going to like it, it's reaching a sort of boiling point. And you're like, this is not good behavior. This yeah, is not what yeah. we need to be. And so I think actually a lot of people sort of were viewing that thinking, why aren't more people stepping in? Blah, blah, blah. I actually think that the paradise community <laughs> <laughs> actually dealt with it in a pretty pretty good way right, for, yeah. for the knowledge that we had at hand. Yeah. Um, and it's not in the interest of the like editors or whatever to show people stepping in and resolving the situation you know in like a peaceful manner <laughs> right right yeah. there's yeah. no show if that right yeah. uh, everyone being eloquent and darting around it and working out the nicest way <laughs> to do like, this to not embarrass Ivan, this man let's sit down and watch the gillette ad to learn yes. about <laughs> toxic masculinity in australia <laughs> uh, um so yeah it's at this point that sagan decides that she will be the next to die on the hill of abby um she says that abby is a compulsive liar and confronts Abby by saying, let's be honest, I feel like you're not being truthful. And we know that Abby cannot be untruthful. She cannot. So she cannot she tell said a that lie. Okay. <laughs> um, Abby repeats this to Sagan, trying to explain herself. And off, this, off to the side, I really like this. We were shown um, all of these like definitely spliced in shots of Nikki, Mary, and Nicole reacting to what could have been like any kind of stimulus. We got like a shot of Sagan <laughs> and Abby and then it was like the three women in a completely different shot and it might have just been that there was a dog, you know? And they were like... <laughs> I love it. It reminds me. Sorry, I'm going to just take liberty here. Please. There's this like... <laughs> There's this scene in RuPaul's Drag Race in Untucked where they cut to this, like, same image of Katja, like, five times (laughs) in the whole thing. And it's just, like, her shocked face. And it felt like that. It's like Nikki again eating her magnet. Here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got the ice cream. (laughs) Um, Sagan says, at the end of the day, whether you're being honest or whatever, we all want Matt to end up with someone who's right for him. It's a really good line. So watch out for that. (laughs) Uh, and then we see Abby weighing in on the situation in confessional. We also really like this um, with an outfit and hairstyle change right in the middle of what she's saying. It's like mid sentence. It was oh, pretty egregious. God. It was so funny. Like halfway through, she's like black top, hairs up, <laughs> yeah. and then the next thing is like this white shirt, denim jacket, hair long down. hair. Yeah. I'm just waiting for them to like really like in one confessional just splice like four words together in completely different. <laughs> <laughs> just like flash, really? flash, flash, flash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because it's it's interesting that a lot of that like that could, stuff could be happening a lot, and it is on this side, sort of like subliminal level. Even yeah, is it common to give like two different sets of confessionals about the one event? Um, what this concept is called is called frankenbiting yes. in the community. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of um, and yes, it happens. A, a lot of people in the industry will report back when they receive. Uh, 
essentially like a, a preview of the episode uh, a lot of the time it doesn't come cut with music and it's a little bit more <laughs> you can sort of tell when things are a bit spliced together I don't think it's like some sort of like top secret that oh, of course not I don't think you can watch the together. show without, without noticing that some of that stuff's happening um so, I mean, I suppose, like, uh, whether that's ethical is, like, we could do a whole co- podcast about that. Mm. I, I like to just think it's reality TV. So, like, sure. come on. It's yeah. like, let's, let's be real here. Um, what I think is interesting is, oh, I suppose how it affects you when you come off the show. So, like, mm. because I knew things could be spliced together, me and my craziness, I'm watching Back Paradise and I would, like, watch scenes and I'd be, like... Uh, Jules would be saying something that was seemingly about me mm-hmm. and I would like, I would be like watching to see if the scene had been like cut at any point yes. mm-hmm. to be yeah, like, yeah. oh, is this like actually just about like... Phil, <laughs> the, the cameraman. The cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. Do you have that moment of like, oh, I don't remember saying that, but like... I do, I do like... think, I do think that like, and just like secret squirrel business because... I, like, have my contacts. Mm. I think that there is a sentiment within this season that there may be a bit of, like, splicing, but that's how everyone feels, right? Like, yeah. I felt that way Absolutely. <laughs> as well. Is I, there ever, like, the, the impression that, like, you're not giving them what they want or whatever, so, like, they'll make you retake it? Or uh, like, n- no, I don't think so. turn the yeah. topic around? Or? It's not like that Jeff Probst survivor thing where, like, it's known and commonplace that in tribal councils in the US seasons a survivor, he'll be like, stop that. Do that again. You're not giving me anything right now. Wow, I love that. That's fucking great. He's a really good producer. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like, no, I've never witnessed anything that forceful or assertive. But I think I want Jeff to be my producer Mm -hmm. on any TV show that I ever do because that like... Just kind of, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> yeah, I, like he just knows what he wants and he knows what he needs out of people. Wow. Yeah. He's See, a smart I man. think that's I, I think that's good producing. I've always said um, that I feel I, like it's been kind of a joy to talk a little bit further into production because I think so many people are really interested in it, and I think it is valuable. I guess to I think a lot of people like overstep the mark in what they think they think about production. Mm. As we discussed earlier, like people saying that it's scripted and stuff like that. That's just not true. Right. Mm. Obviously there are some like realities of reality TV, like you have producers, but I truly have always believed that if you are a good producer, you can get both a good result for the individual and for the TV show 100%. for a production company. And I felt like my producers on Bachelor in Paradise, particularly with my narrative, that was like the, the, the epitome of being a fantastic producer and producing great reality TV right. yeah. because they managed to get me to open up, to be honest, to be emotional about how I felt about situations. Um, but they also like they had a duty of care and they were mindful that like Mm. if they knew that I was too fully stretched, they could like, they were happy to like send me to bed and stuff like that. Mm. So I, I I do think like, I think that a lot of the time when people say like when people blame the edit or when people like say the scripted, it's just, I don't think it's fully fair. Yeah. And I think that these, 
like production companies are like we're we're producing a TV show, guys. Right? So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You know, what like, do you exactly want? Like, <laughs> right? I mean, I can learn a little bit of experience to that. Like, we made a TV show last year, and uh, the thing that you kind of do is you go in and you talk to these people and you say, "Hey, this is what's going to happen," and you sort of massage out of them what you want, but you also know that these are people that you trust and that the relationship of trust exists and you are very, very much trusting them to give the best and most authentic uh, representation of themselves that they can. Totally. And it's like, and a producer wouldn't be doing their job well if they lost that trust. Like that's completely their job. So, so like you can see, like some of my favorite moments through this series have been when you've seen someone's confessional and you can almost see at the end where they're like um, playing with the producer a little yes. bit. They'll like say a comment and then they'll like break into how they like f- truly feel. They'll like become a bit more short and jocular. Yes. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and great. those are my favorite, favorite, favorite moments. Yeah. I can definitely relate as well as like a producer of the world's best podcast. <laughs> ah. Uh. Totally. <laughs> well, we have developed a lot of trust <laughs> and Xavier is going to be cutting hours. So... <laughs> Um, so out of all of this, Nicole, Sagand, Rachel, Mary, and Cass all get a rose, leaving only the very vulnerable Nikki and Brianna without a rose. Nikki is pulled aside and she struggles a little at first, fumbling with her words before finally accessing her emotions and saying that she really hopes Matt will be her life partner. I really like this for Nikki. It's like a good moment for Nikki. <laughs> yeah. Except for the sex. Except then she was like, hopefully we could have some pretty good sex along the way. Thumbs up. <laughs> what? Oh. I know that's how I like my first Tinder dates go. Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. And we should have some great sex along the way. Also, yes, exactly right. It's the arm swing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thank up. you for yes. I yeah. like did the arm swing in studio and I'm like, no one at home can see it. <laughs> um finally we hear a one sentence confessional from from Brianna. Um it's essentially I am nervous. Um, before she's mm. taken away by Matt to a batchy couch. Uh, the strings are ominous, and Purple Bree says that she is not good <laughs> at expressing emotions and also saying that she doesn't have long-term goals in terms of her relationship timeline. She That's doesn't rough. think past a week ahead. That's rough. And she does what she wants to do, which fucking good on her. Yeah. It's great. Maybe, I don't know, maybe The Bachelor wasn't she the right show. not... Yeah. Um, Matt's living wife. That's right. <laughs> right, yes. right, right. Yeah, this person isn't going to move in with Matt and abandon her career so that he can go off and work at the bank. Is that how we feel about Matt? Because you're really ruining my fantasy. <laughs> no, right now, I don't. Like... I don't genuinely feel that. <laughs> but way I about do Matt, on but some level. Yes, I think watching that, I was like, she's kind of talking her, herself out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like she must know that she's not a front runner. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally must know like. That she's not vibing it really oh you're completely correct i'm just like i'm still i'm still work processing the idea of matt like needing someone to mop his (laughs) 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 it's selfless behavior babe yeah 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 I'm not going to make you come and tidy up the batch pad, <laughs> but if you did. <laughs> uh, um, so that's it for Brie, who is sent home, uh, but not for Nikki, who receives a rose and is so thrilled that she gets to stay with the other oh, women. She's over the moon. She's over like the beautiful. moon. I love yeah. her. Yeah. She's great. Uh, we close with another confessional from Sagand. This is the second episode in a row where we get this really ominous 
Sagan confessional it's, about it's, Abby. It's I really like Sagan. You know, at the end of every episode of Inspector Gadget, where um, Dr. Claw is like, I'll get you. <laughs> Fully that exact same thing. That's not to say that she is pure evil. Mm-mm-mm. Do you Have you liked Sagan more or less as the season has continued? Um, I think I, I did miss, I don't, this was during my period where I was having like a bit of a mental breakdown mm-hmm. about The Bachelor. Yep. I did miss that episode where I feel like a lot of people like went off her. I yeah. miss, I've missed her single date. <laughs> wow, look at me. I'm like a super fan. I've missed her single date and I missed that. I, I sort of overheard her being like, there's only one Persian princess. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So All the I same think, episode. I think that there was like one, epi- one episode there where I think a lot of people were like, fuck you, Sagand. Yeah. Um, I sort of, <laughs> I haven't minded it. I yeah. sort of see, I see it a little bit. <laughs> You're going to kill me, Max. I see it a little bit like David and Sean. Yes. <laughs> Abby's the David, obviously. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, Xavier. Like, I'm kill you, you can leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sagand is Sean, but like a bit better than Sean. A little, yeah. <laughs> we can accept that, you know. We can, we'll talk about this on our, our breakout <laughs> podcast about Survivor, Survivor <laughs> of Hearts. <laughs> you got one subscriber. <laughs> Not me, someone else. I like her. I think she's good value. Yeah, I think she's been like a really interesting pivot point for the drama this season because like her single day I thought was quite beautiful, but then they introduced the other Persian woman and (laughs) all hell broke loose. (laughs) Right? It was, yeah, it was really strange. And I, I, See, I get fucked off about those things because I'm like, sheesh, has that girl just been brought on to be like the right. other yeah. Persian? Right, right well, exactly. Sure yes, back, she would Persian feel that way, Civil right? War, like, whoa. Uh, yes, exactly. Is this fucking Macedonia? I don't understand. <laughs> somebody, and somebody says like, well, we already have one. Like, <laughs> there's no homers. We're allowed to have one. It's cooked. It's cooked. Uh, All right, speaking of cooked, here's to you, everybody. I have a question. <laughs> yes, what's your wow, question? you're really trying to wrap the podcast. Yeah, I love predictions. I love predictions. Let's, let's do questions and predictions. Quick predictions of the season. What are we calling? Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in the season, I am calling a Chelsea win. Wow, are we? <laughs> mm, yeah, it's a Chelsea. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that uh, I think we will see Ellie towards the final Four. Mm-hmm. I Ellie's think. gonna get a like just friends type of thing. Wow. I think mm. save that is heartbreaking. It well, is. I mean, I don't like that. That, but you know, I, she'll it, get the Tara edit, right? She'll get yeah, the Maddie J Tara yeah, edit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who else have we got? Uh, that would leave Eleanor as someone who the audience isn't invested in, but will go far in the competition. And Abby, who will get sent home after hometowns. When you said Eleanor, I thought you said Olena. Olena, oh. yes, from and Richie's season. Yeah, and it's yeah. the same thing. I'm pretty sure he, she got to like top three, but everyone was like, Third. why, why mm. are you even here? What are you <laughs> doing here? Yes, it's the <laughs> hot and she foreign goes thing. Out Is it the hot and foreign yeah. thing? Yeah. I thought that date was like, meh, terrible. Oh, the oyster impregnating. What are you doing? And then, like, he gave her a fucking pearl necklace. And yes. she didn't even say thank she you. Just, yeah. I always say thank you after a guy gives her a pearl So I think it's going to come down to Abby and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that what they're going for is Nikki and oh, Nikki Alex. Alex again, yes. But 
with they're the gonna right give outcome. Australia what they want wow. this right. time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think Abby. that's really clever. Uh, mm. Like, I especially because mm. Australia was so. If you don't mind me, I know it's an open source or whatever, but like it, Australia was robbed. I think in last year on The Bachelor. I mean, Australia oh, was given an oh, incredible completely. gift. Yes. But, like, in terms of having the. Was outcome. the gift the Honey Badger's book afterwards? <laughs> the Honey Badger's Guide to Life? You bought well, that. Didn't did you? you read that? No, Danny oh. brought it home. <laughs> well, he had to take out the love. It was initially Honey really? Badger's Guide to Love and Life, and they oh. had to edit it to just Holy be like. <laughs> and also, I'm pretty sure that they he had to cancel a few. He certainly uh, yeah. did. He did. He had a Warringah Mall, Big right. W. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were showing up with your fucking sign. We were going to go. <laughs> Honey Badger, get out. We know what you're about. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I think that's, yeah, I think that's my prediction. Um, Can I just say, yeah. I would pay so much as a viewer of Australian reality TV, as a yep. long-time viewer of The Bachelor, mm-hmm. if they gave him another shot. <laughs> if they, if they oh made him The Bachelor God. again. <laughs> he's back for a second shot. <laughs> at, yeah. And this Neat. time, he's serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And like you could make over his whole character and he could just be like sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor reading a book and like having like glasses. I want the prelude to be that like queer eye for the straight guy come in <laughs> and like do a full makeover and then he's allowed like a mini season. Like oh. they're just like get in for like the back end of the episode. That we're just gonna make it a queer eye episode. Like it'll mm-hmm. just be like mm-hmm. they'll come in, make him over and then they'll be like yeah. here's four girls <laughs> fucking decision because you're getting one, like yeah. <laughs> you're getting half a million dollars man they all still like you <laughs> this one Cass really likes you for some yeah, reason yeah. just pretend just pretend <laughs> just make it happen for last a while. time I was just kind of fooling around but now I'm <laughs> really straightened up and, uh, oh I will be yeah. like I'm going to be invested in Honey Badger's story for years to come oh yeah we will be we will be sharing around articles did you, you notice seen, you say uh, we're both thinking about the same thing right I'm pretty sure. So he's still doing ads for Trady Undies. Oh, right? I know. He's got like a long-term <laughs> thing going, but he has been like clipped out. He was in um, season a- one, episode one. Season one? No, he was no. in oh, season, so season seven. Episode have they one. dropped his he, ads? Dropped, and yeah, now it's just the like ads. the girl being like, "Oh, it's cheeky." A touch of yes. class and a little bit of, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mate, I said dog cut on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can say ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's still such a bad taste in Australia's mouth. <laughs> yeah, them, I guess. Right? I feel like yeah, we, everyone watched that episode, and they must have just been monitoring the reaction on Twitter when that ad came on mm. for the first time, and we're just like, kill it, kill it dead. See, I'm so intrigued by that because I thought that maybe they would be like, any publicity is good publicity. Well, I think probably that's what they thought. And then the publicity was real bad. But the (laughs) thing is, like, they could have made that into something really special. Totally. They could have turned it into an incredible (gasps) campaign. Oh, my God. They should have been like, I didn't choose anyone, but you should choose Tradeon. Oh, my God. Wow. Am I? Yes. I'm freelancing right (laughs) now. Thank you. Write me the check, Trady. <laughs> now do Magnum. <laughs> Love Amanda. <laughs> uh, Jared's walking off with a broken heart down the beach. Magnum. Like, Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think like I sort of appreciate that they've just done it so like straight out because right. it's like right. I'm I think it's good for it. the brand. It's uh-huh. like 
no one would be talking. Like, I remember in my season it was Bliss Dex, and there were a few That's like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. were a few like, oh, Sophie's like putting Bliss Dex on in the I've mirror. I've got a date coming up. Well, I gotta like make sure I'm prepared. Hydrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love like explicit spawn con. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I think the more of that, the better. Uh, like, especially with Bliss Dex, what are you gonna like? What are you gonna do with that, and how are you gonna make it subtle? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I hate it's chap. So, in terms of the pairing. Like, it is so on the nose that mm. well, yes, on the lips, on the lips. Uh, <laughs> you, really, you really have to play into it. Yeah. <sighs> Good. All right, this is the bit where we hang Xavier out to dry. Oh, Alicia, can we, can we just what? say thank you again so much for coming? Oh my god, this has been the best <laughs> night. I'm so glad that you had a nice time. Thank what you so treat. much for coming on. You're so. I'm welcome sure I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to be like, Xavier, we just need to take it this and this There's and this and this that need to go out. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's going to be fine. It'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Um. You're yeah, well, let's, back anytime, let, let's, ta- let's take, like, what are we, who are we dragging? Didn't uh, you say? Who are we taking down? I thought that you said that we were coming up to a special segment. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, basically, right. what happens here is that um, you and I, oh, we really good. hang Xavier out to dry here. Oh, good, we're hanging Xavier out to <laughs> yeah, dry here. Yeah, what yeah. happens is that um, Xavier has to outro the podcast and do all of the maintenance. <laughs> yeah, all of the uh, and Oh, yeah. so you mean realistically this whole section this is This whole section yeah. terrible. is just, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's great, though, because he, ready, go. So, I mean, like, obviously it's probably abundantly clear at this point that we did come here to make friends. <laughs> Max and I have been friends for a very long time, but I feel like Alicia is a newer friend of the podcast. It's wonderful to really bring her in hey, under I'm our... I'm podcast. Yes. <laughs> Please don't interrupt. This is my moment. <laughs> Uh, so if you'd like to be our friend Just like Max <laughs> Please follow us along on BOH Pod. We're on Instagram We're on Twitter We're on Facebook Should we get a TikTok? Way in Alright uh, Shout out to Magnum <laughs> <laughs> Tell Magnum we sent you uh, And uh, what else? You know I hope, <laughs> hope you're doing well don't drink too much. Uh, <laughs> everything in moderation. Uh, gamble responsibly. It's <laughs> good advice. Do you have any advice for our listeners? Um, go on the bachelor. <laughs> go on the bachelor. You should you do, get it. To, do it. You should. If you need help, DM me. You know, I apply. My Instagram's at Alicia <laughs> Great. That's oh, good. True. We need yeah. things to plug. Good. We're oh, plugging t- it. Tell everyone about the stair climb that you're doing. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm going to say Jules, guys. It's oh. the whole thing. Um, um, doing this stair climb, it's for charity. It's for Giant Steps Autism. Fucking great charity. Mm. Um, very serious as well. And I've raised a thousand bucks. Oh, to me. <laughs> yes, that's so good. Congratulations. Because people are fucking awesome. And Ivan is coming to do it with me as well. Cool. And James Trewethy from Bachelor in Paradise mm-hmm. and... A whole host of your favourites. <laughs> <laughs> All your favourites, climbing steps. And we're climbing steps. Do you, can you think of anything better than being in an enclosed space for 1,500 steps with that guy that you used to be on love with? <laughs> on love. <laughs> on love. I was in on love, love with, with your man. HBO from series. My quad. <laughs> Wait, no, Netflix. 
on National TV. It's uh, great. It's, it's charming. It's beautiful. I can think of one thing better. It's escalator, but I'm very lazy. Uh, I'm oh, very we've very already lazy. done that. We did the lift at the like promo shoot where I didn't know he was coming. Oh, that's positive That was the for first you. time that I saw him since Paradise. And it was very much like... Wait, did someone uh, set that up? Like, did someone spring that on you? Or? Uh, you don't have to take someone out to But try. it was for Giant Seb's autism. Of course. <laughs> um, I... He knew I, he knew that I was going to be there, but I didn't know that he was going to be there. And mm. I had sort of like, <laughs> this is bad, New South Wales Labour, I'm sorry. I'd walked into work. I'd like uh, committed to doing this promo shoot at 9.30 at Centre Point Tower. And I literally work a few blocks away. So I walked into work at nine o'clock and I was like, hey guys, I'm here getting ready to start the day, doing lots of work. And then I like pack a little Woolies bag full of my active wear that I needed for the shoot. <laughs> I like run up to Centerpoint Tower and then I go to the toilet, change. I don't have my glasses on. So I like run out. I'm like late for the shoot. So I'm trying to meet the PR girl, got all these bags on me. And then this guy's just like manically waving at me. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't have my glasses. (laughs) And he's like, it's Jules. No. (laughs) And so we... Of all all the staircases in all the world. I know. I know. Mm. Of all the staircases. So that was amicable. It was nice. It was a bit awkward. But... (laughs) Well, Will now you get be. to do it again this weekend. I'm going to fucking beat it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good thing, you know, embarrassing your ex uh, in physical competition. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that's a good... And documenting it for the internet. I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah, mm. why not? Yeah. You so know what? We're all about retribution <laughs> here on the Bachelor, Bachelor Parts podcast. That's what it all boils down love, to. <laughs> I love that Xavier's trying to do this outro. And we're like, <laughs> this is great. It gives me enough time to remember this stuff that I would normally say. Uh, please take the time now to say goodbye. I guess we already did. Yep. Um, what else? Goodbye. We <laughs> love you. Bye. Take care. <laughs> we love you. Goodbye. Bye. Perfect. Wait, I want to do it. If you want to do a take where you say it's the best podcast in history, yeah, or maybe you say it's the only (laughs) podcast in history, that would also be great. No, I can't do that because I tell you, I've got a turf war happening. Oh my goodness, that bitch are like really angry at me. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Those guys are pretty good. Yeah, they're good. I'm so sorry. But you know what? They're the fucking new kids on the block. We're the OGs. So okay. Um, <laughs> you really didn't take that well. Like, mm, okay, whatever was there. I was just getting back into my mind. Okay. Whew. Hey, it's Alicia from Bachelor in Paradise, and you're listening to Bachelor of Hearts. One of them. <laughs> One of the best Bachelor podcasts. <laughs> That's the one we got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Alicia from Bachelor in Paradise. You're listening to Bachelor of Hearts. A great <laughs> Bachelor recap <laughs> podcast. I'm laughing, but it's not a joke. Mwah. <laughs> Hey, I'm Alicia. You're listening to Bachelor of Hearts. They're not dog. Beep. (laughs) (laughs) Quality content. Topical.